Welcome to the Don't Knock It podcast, where we address misconceptions about Jesus' character, his church, and his word. By doing this, we hope to encourage you to delight in Christ before dismissing him, to know him before knocking him. I'm your host, Chris Ramirez, and in this episode, I'm going to talk about what I have in store for season five, which will begin this July. So starting in July, I will be going through Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth. Over the course of the past two years or so, I have had the privilege of serving in my church's youth ministry, teaching and preaching through 1 Corinthians. I think it was quite the divine plan that God led me to teach through this letter as my first one right out of the gate because it played such a pivotal part in shaping my understanding of the church. You ever want to know why churches are so different in their style, delivery, and service? Read 1 Corinthians. You ever want to know why churches seem to be so hypocritical and no different than a lot of non-religious communities? Read 1 Corinthians. You ever want to know what the essential parts of Christianity are and the effects it should have on the world? Read 1 Corinthians. You want to know how a church in the first century failed tremendously at being the church? Read 1 Corinthians. And to put it more simply, do you ever want to take a class or would you ever want to take a class on Church 101? Read 1 Corinthians. Now, although season five will have a little bit of a different dynamic as I'll be going through a book of the Bible, as opposed to addressing a single verse or passage or theme, I still will have guests on to walk through the chapters with me. The reason I wanted to go through a book of the Bible this summer, specifically 1 Corinthians, is because throughout the school year, I was asked several questions from my students about the church, spiritual gifts such as tongues and prophecy, the nature of love, the use and abuse of Christian liberties, the resurrection, and several others, all of which I answered using passages out of 1 Corinthians. And on top of all of that, I just finished teaching through it to my church youth group. And although I definitely wouldn't consider myself an expert in this letter by any stretch of the imagination, I do feel comfortable and confident discussing it with friends on the podcast in order to help answer any questions you may have regarding the church and its activities. So what I want to do with the remainder of this episode is place you in first century Corinth. I want to give you the context of 1 Corinthians by presenting to you its cultural and spiritual atmosphere so that when we approach certain issues that the Apostle Paul mentions throughout the letter, it'll give you, it'll give you a much more vivid understanding of his intent. And honestly, that right there is ultimately the most basic rule of thumb in all of Bible interpretation, authorial intent. What did the author intend to communicate to his audience? So with that being said, let's dive right into 1st century Corinth. So the city of Corinth was destroyed in 146 BC by the Romans for having opposed them. And then about a hundred years later, it was reborn as a Roman colony to facilitate the movement of goods across the Isthmus of Corinth as a center of trade. Essentially, Rome brought it back because it was a huge money grab, perfectly placed to become the largest international commercial city in the Eastern Mediterranean, and that it indeed became. If you look at Corinth on a map, you can see that it is a small strip of land that connects two larger portions of southern Greece. This was important because it would cut travel and trade to a fraction of the time that it would be 
if travelers had to sail all the way around the southern portion of Greece. This matters because just like copper, silver, and other goods, the gospel could move out across the region of Corinth in ways that would not have been possible from Athens, which was at the time the intellectual center of the world. Another important fact about Corinth is that every two years, they held what was called the Ithmian Games. Kind of like the Olympic Games, but instead of every four years, they were every two. So I want you to picture something for a moment here. Picture Las Vegas. A large commercial city with a lot of in, a ton of entertainment, tourists, businesses, and a whole lot of nothing surrounding it. People rarely stay longer than they should, and if they do, it's usually a mistake. Now picture the Olympic Games being held in Las Vegas. I'm talking about spectators, athletes, vendors from all over the world gathering for these events in a super popular city with a notorious reputation. This is what Corinth was like during Paul's second missionary journey when God the Holy Spirit led him to plant a church there. You see, the Apostle Paul was an itinerant tent maker, along with his companions Priscilla and Aquila, and it was in tents where most of these spectators and athletes were housed. So in God's divine plan, he called Paul to a place of trade in the middle of an absolute ruckus. Because like the city of Las Vegas, Corinth was a town famous for its debauchery the excessive indulgence in sensual pleasures. And even by pagan standards, Corinth had become so morally corrupt that its very name became synonymous with moral depravity. To Corinthianize came to represent gross immorality and drunken debauchery. Many, if not all of the Corinthian church's members were saved out of this lifestyle. Tragically, some of the worst sins were still found among some church members. The sin of the city, so to speak, had crept into the body of Christ, the body of believers, and it was wreaking havoc. The most serious problem, in my opinion, of the Corinthian church was proud idolatry, an arrogance and unwillingness to divorce themselves from the culture around them. They couldn't, they couldn't give it up. Most of the believers could not separate themselves from their old, selfish, immoral, and pagan ways. Yet God, in spite of all of this, his plan was to restore. So he uses Paul and Sosthenes, the reports from a Corinthian church member named Chloe, and some questions and concerns from the Corinthians themselves to correct the church as a parent corrects a wayward child. So to give you a brief look into some of the things they were struggling with, the Corinthians were fighting over the place of men and women in worship. Some of them were arriving engorged and drunk for the Lord's Supper. They were preferring one church leader and his preaching over another. One guy was sleeping with his stepmom. The use of spiritual gifts like tongues and prophecy were an absolute train wreck and so much more. None of these problems though, none of these problems could be solved without the love that forms the center of the entire letter, which is the popular chapter 13. And we'll get there obviously in a couple weeks. So a basic outline of the letter is this. There are a total of 16 chapters in 1 Corinthians, and here's how I split them up for my personal understanding. Obviously you can use your own, but I just decided to provide you with one if you're not familiar with the, with the letter as a whole. So here's how I split them up in three sections. The first section is conflict, the second is corruption, and the third is confusion. So conflict, corruption, and confusion. The first section is chapters one through four, conflict. This is where we see divisions within the church body. 
preferred church leaders, distorted motivation in preaching, and things like that. In chapters 5 and 6, the section of corruption, this is where Paul addresses the man sleeping with his stepmom, the idea of cutting off people who claim to be Christians who desire to keep sinning. Yes, you absolutely should do that. Believers suing each other and the body being a temple. The third section is confusion. And it's the bigger section of the entire letter, and it's chapter 7 through 16. So here in this section, we see marriage, divorce, widows, Christian liberty, spiritual gifts, love being the most important, obviously, and the resurrection. All of those topics and more, Lord willing, will be covered this summer. So the reason I want to do this season in conversation with other believers, although I'm going through a, a book of the Bible, the reason why I'm not doing it on my own is because this letter is about the church. So why not have these discussions with people who are a part of the church and love it dearly? I think it's important to walk through scripture together, especially if they're in-house discussions and topics, so to speak, like these. Things and topics that you would get together with your family with and discuss. So if there's an issue within the family, in the household, obviously you don't want to bring the the, the whole block or your neighbors or the people from school, you won't, you don't want to invite them into your home to make them a part of the conversation. You want to bring the members of the household together under one roof and discuss the issues that are going on. So that's kind of what I, I kind of want to do. That's kind of my approach and how I'm dealing with this season during the summer as I go through uh, Paul's letter to, to Corinth. So I'm super excited to share these conversations with you, and I pray it edifies you and strengthens your faith as we navigate through this treacherous sin city while looking up and ahead for the revealing of the perfect garden city, the new Jerusalem. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to know more about the podcast, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. If you listen on Spotify, make sure you follow click the bell icon to get notifications of new episodes and if you truly enjoy this content and want to go the extra mile to support us become a subscriber for only $4.99 a month and you will get exclusive access to subscriber only episodes if you listen on apple podcasts it would be awesome if you could rate and review the show if you haven't already thank you all for listening i'm your host chris mears grace and peace family